following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcasting Network. For a full list of our shows, as well as breaking sports news and engaging feature stories, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the Sunny in Phoenix podcast, a weekly podcast where we keep you up to date on everything Phoenix Suns basketball. My name is Charlie Erling, and as always, I have Dab and Mitch Krumpetich. What's up? And David McGraw. Howdy ho, neighbor. Oh, nice. Neighbor Tim. A little mm-hmm. home improvement. I like that. But today we are going to discuss how DeAndre Ayton has been dominating in the preseason. Then we'll break down the games against the Kings, Breakers, and Trailblazers. And after that, we'll put ourselves in Coach Igor's shoes and decide who the starting point guard is going to be on opening night. Follow us on Twitter at SunnyandPHXPod. Same thing for Instagram. Go on iTunes, leave us a five-star review and a comment, and you will get a shout-out on the show. Okay, let's get started talking about DeAndre Ayton. How nice has it been to watch him through this preseason so far? He's averaging over 21 points per game, almost 13 rebounds at 12.7, and three blocks per game, and he's doing it efficiently. He's shooting nearly 60% from the floor and 78% from the free throw line. And as of recording, he's... He's up in the stat leaders in the preseason. He's third in points per game, fifth in rebounds per game, and first in blocks per game. So, yes, we got to temper those expectations a little bit. This is only preseason. He hasn't been going up against any sort of elite big man. But these numbers are fantastic, and it's, a, it's just given us a little peek into what we might be seeing in the regular season. So just started off, David, how nice has it been? Oh my gosh, it's been amazing. DeAndre Ayton looks like a vet out there. He doesn't look like a rookie. He's, you know, you see some of these other preseason games. You see Mo Bamba, who, you know, fell in a lot. You see some of these other guys. You know, Doncic has played has played pretty solid too. But, like, Ayton just goes out there and he looks like he's done this before. He does I know, obviously, the competition he's going up against, like, you know, Sacramento, he's going up against Willie Cauley-Stein and Harry Giles or Giles or whatever you want to say, whatever it is, who cares? Um, And, like, the Breakers and, like, whatever. It's not, like, the craziest competition, but, like, still, there are NBA guys, well, not all of them, but, like, the Sacramento guys are are NBA guys. Willie Cauley-Stein is, like, this athletic kind of, like, shot blocker guy that, you know, hasn't really lived up to expectations, but whatever. And Harry Giles is up and coming, but obviously it's his rookie season, basically. But, like, he just looks like he's been there before. And that's so refreshing to see after some of the rookies that have gone through, come through here the last couple of years. Like, even Josh. Josh was really slow, like, going in. You know, did not look like he was ready for the first half of the season, really. Really until january hit and then he started kind of turning it around but like even josh who we are still really excited to see and think should start probably this year like he had a tough time last year aiden's coming in here and he's he looks like all right time to go be the second best player on this team right and uh 
against the Blazers, he had a pretty tough matchup with Nurkic. Uh, he's not a slouch. He's a brick house. He's a big boy. So that was a good matchup. And you did mention something about Bamba picking up fouls a lot. I think Aiton's only getting two or three per game, and he's playing yep. defense, three blocks per game. A steal, I think he's getting a steal and a block. He's getting no, a steal per game. .7 steals, averaging 2.7 fouls per game in three games yeah. thus far, but still. Right, so um, a steal and then obviously the block, so that's nice. Yeah, okay, David, plug your ears. I'm about to use an advanced stat. Oh, my gosh, la, 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 eight, la, la. Aiton. <laughs> Aiton, his true shooting percentage thus far, again, three games, has been 62.8%, and that's incredible. Like, oh my god, That's pretty great. His shot, his shot looks so good. Like, obviously he's finishing lobs and all that, but, like, he's hitting these elbow jumpers, and Charlie made this amazing clip that we put on our Twitter, at Sunny and PHX Pod, that's a slow-mo version of 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 a elbow jump shot that Aiton hits and like watching that gives you chills like his form is so good he's been working on it you can tell he catches the ball with the, his back to the basket right around the elbow and then as he's facing up he takes a big step into the defender which makes him have to back up and then that's all the room he needs and more to get off that jumper and he has such great elevation on it too like the the form is pure, he gets great elevation on it, and he's already seven feet tall. That's going to be a tough one to block. Yeah, it is. But I think overall, Aiton is showing why he was the number one pick. Like, you know, right around draft time, this always happens. People start second guessing. Oh, who should really be number one? And even teams do this. Like Sacramento drafting Bagley at two. That was like a very late decision. It seemed like he was a late riser. But Aiton, Aiton was the clear number one pick from the start of the college basketball season last year, and right now he's proving why. Like, he, he's just dominating, and he hasn't even played a regular season game yet. It's amazing. Okay, so obviously we've seen so many good things. We've seen the connection that him and Josh Jackson are brewing up. We've seen quite a few alley-oops already through these three games between those two guys, so... I, I'm just loving everything I see about Aiton. But what's going to happen when Devin Booker comes back? How is that going to be affecting Aiton's game? Do you think it's going to be, is he going to get quite a bit fewer opportunities now? Or do you think those will just be maybe a fewer opportunities, but easier opportunities? What do you guys think? I think teams know already that they have to respect Devin Booker. He's an established scorer in the league already. Um I think spacing is going to be a lot better once Booker comes back. And I'd say even through this preseason, spacing is improved from from last year, but that's not hard to do. Um, but yeah, I mean, teams have to respect Booker. Maybe we see a little less like double teaming on Aiton, but I don't know. He, he demands so much attention from the defense Aiton does. Well, Booker too, but I... I really don't know how much it will change because when we have someone like Josh Jackson on the floor who's not as good of a shooter, then his guy can come double-team Aiton. And so, I don't know. I, I think overall the spacing will improve and maybe he does get some more high-quality looks. 
but I, I don't think all that much is going to change for Aiden. I think that, you know, when Booker comes back, yeah, if Josh is in, then a help t- defender can come, but they're going to double Booker before they're going to double Aiden. I mean, like, I, I think that's how it's got to be. If you leave Booker one-on-one, then there's he can beat just about everyone. Like, there aren't really issues there, I don't think. Yeah, and I, so, but I, I really... I don't know, because what we've seen thus far is when Aiton gets that ball in the low post, teams are, they're doubling him, like, pretty quickly. Yeah, that's fair, but I think that, you know, with how everything is going, I think we're going to see a lot of coaches still throw at the guard, at the wing, that's, you know, with the three-point threat over the guy. They'll take two over three each time, which bodes well for us, because we're going to get a good percentage shot from two. And it's probably it's gonna be way less likely that our two option is like a cutting Josh or a brick from someone else. Like, I think that I think that things are gonna open up quite a bit more. And I I do re- know that like yeah, Aiton's a monster, and he is going to demand like coaches see him and be like okay. But I do think that that double team will go to Booker, and it'll means that Aiton has to step up. And I think he will. So uh, that's where I think this is going. I think that the, that help defender will come at Booker just like they have the last season or season and a half. They'll come at Booker, but instead of having to give it to Josh and hope that he can make something happen or can get to the rim instead of going for a jump shot or go for, to the rim and not get blocked, we can give it to Aiton, and that just opens things up way more. You know, I I might think that Aiton's going to make things easier for Booker by if we're throwing eight in the ball in the post there's going to be some sort of collapse and when when the defense collapses now we have guys who can shoot the ball like Ryan Anderson out there Booker on one side Anderson on the other Ariza Ariza's been looking great this preseason so far too uh I don't know I think I think Aiton's gonna demand touches and I think a lot of good things will come out of that, not not necessarily him scoring. We've seen his feel for the game, and he can pass the ball. I, I think I think going to be 1B, Booker 1A, Aiton 1B is kind of how I'm looking at it. But Yeah, I mean, like, 100%. That's exactly what I see. Like, I think that, that those will go, and then Aiton will be the next option. And it's not like he's... Like, yes, he's a lower option right now, but that's because Booker's an all-star caliber player. And, like, as long as he, like, works on a couple little things, like, he's superstar caliber. Like, that's just Book. Yeah. So, like, yes, he is the first option. That mean, but And so teams will go for your first option. And then it'll be, all right, now, Aiton, you are our second option technically, but you are good. That's not, like, a knock. It's just Booker's better. Yeah, and I mean, we already see teams collapsing when Aiton gets the ball down low. Imagine having a lineup of Booker, Daniels, Anderson, Ariza, and Aiton. Surround Aiton with four three-point shooters, force the defense to collapse. I mean, put those guys in when Aiton has, like, is on a hot streak and has 10 points or whatever. Surround him with shooters. That's going to be really tough to defend. I mean, our, our defense will suffer, but... 
if you score 180 points a game, who needs defense? I don't know. Ask the <laughs> 1980s and That's 90s right. Denver Nuggets. So, <laughs> I think our defense is going to be fine. Uh, Booker, obviously not the best defender, but you know, before he was getting hurt and stuff, it did look like he had worked on it and wasn't a terrible defender. Ariza's great. Anderson's going to be an issue, but that's fine. You know, there are a lot of... We, we already know that. And I think that all of the defense... Or all of the talk about Aiton's defense and stuff is a little... Was overblown. He was in college. He's not getting paid to put his body on the line. Well, he was getting paid, maybe. Allegedly. But, uh... <laughs> <laughs> like... Allegedly. He's not getting paid as much to put his <laughs> yeah, body on Yeah, he was allegedly <laughs> not getting paid. Um... So, like, I think that, yeah, are, like, his instincts, like, the best as, like, Joel Embiid or Rudy Gobert? Maybe not, but, like, that doesn't mean that he's a slouch. And I think that, I think that we're going to be fine. I think our bigger, I think now it's like, all right, what do we do at the one? Because I think that we're going to be, we're just solid. You know, I was a little worried about the defensive end with Aiton right away. But the first possession of the game against the Kings, the first defensive possession, he goes out and he blocks a jump shot. By De'Aaron Fox. Right. So that, right off the bat, really put some faith. I, I just had a lot of faith in him playing defense right after that for some reason, and he keeps getting three blocks per game since. So. Right. Well, and when, when you hear Kokoshkov say that we're going to be switching a lot more this year and seeing all the switching. I was a little bit nervous at first too, but when you see him do that in person, I'm like, okay, I'm not nervous. Like he can switch on to these guys. It's crazy. His, feet, his footwork is great. It is. Yeah. And again, it is preseason, but when I think we're gonna Coco overreact. said, <laughs> we're going to overreact, but Coco said at some point that he expects Someone said at some point that they expect Aiton to be in the running for defensive player of the year sooner yeah, than that's, he Kakashkov said that at the State of the Suns event that I went to. He said Aiton needs to be in the conversation for defensive player of the year in the next few years. Right, and when I heard that, I was like, oh, he's just trying to motivate him, you know, maybe spark a little fire, but uh, it worked. Or maybe he's just been this good the whole time, and yeah, we're just getting to see it for the first time. Either you know way, what? I'll take it. Going back to just ball in general, we haven't seen Aiton and Booker play together like at all. Zero. Like I don't know if I they can't have. Wait. They, I don't no, think they have. They haven't. He's. We haven't seen it. Yeah. Maybe they. Maybe during before summer league. Uh, if Booker put in a little time with the summer league team, like I know a few guys do, that could have happened. But otherwise, we we haven't seen it yet. We don't know if it's happened, and so all we're talking about here is all hypothetical. I mean, he put but... together. He's part of the group that put together the San Diego trip. But was that just before the? That hand was before surgery? the hand surgery. But all of the clips that came out of that, I don't even remember seeing Booker in the clips like doing stuff. But like that was. Oh, there yeah. was a reason Booker supposedly that like set that up. It was, yeah, yeah. Right. Here's my thing though: since we haven't seen them play together and they haven't had a ton of opportunities to, Aiton and Booker need to be hanging out outside of basketball every second of every day. Like those two guys need to be best friends because that's, I mean, 
part of building that chemistry comes off the court. It's like when I was in college playing music, um, I played bass and my teacher would always say, you need to hang out with the drummer. You guys need to be really good friends because you need that chemistry to be on the same page all the time. And it's the same thing with, I, like I think Booker and Aiton need to be best friends. It seems like that might be tough because I think Josh and Aiton are best friends. Well, right that's they can be three best friends. <laughs> the three best <laughs> friends that have. anyone's ever had. That's right. Yeah. That's what they need to be. Okay, so let's move in and talk about the individual games a little bit. Uh, these were kind of tough to watch if you especially if you weren't in Arizona I mean obviously there's ways to even if you were in Arizona right yeah I couldn't get my stream to load at the beginning and it, I was like I'm a few miles from the arena right now I'm pretty sure I should be able to see this yeah but... I saw it was like you had to be within 75 yep. miles of the arena so northern Arizona and get wrecked I, I happened get to wrecked. be in class at the time but you Same. didn't hear that from me. <laughs> and Same. I was trying to watch it and it was like you're you're too far away. I'm like I'm less than a mile away from the arena. Like that's definitely within 75 and then at like I don't know, midway through the second quarter it decided to start working. Yeah. I had to find an alternate route to uh watch it but i made it happen but for for all of these games i mean they were tough to see except the one against the breakers they decided to put that one on fox sports arizona for no reason i don't know how that's decided or what what the rise network is really all about at this point it's worst part of the preseason it's pretty curious i guess but uh we'll, we'll start off with the kings game the first game of the season and we got we've been talking about deandre ayton for the last 15 minutes but uh obviously he looked great in the first game as well as josh jackson and tj warren i'd say those three were definitely the standouts uh Aiton went for 24 9 three blocks an assist a steal jackson had 17 points five boards six assists and two steals and something about josh jackson that you'll notice when you look through these box scores and watch clips of these games he was dishing out assists yeah all night. A lot of those to Aiton, but he looked like our best playmaker on the court for this game oh, yeah. with those six assists. Yeah, Jackson looked really good in this game, and it's nice to see he shot seven for 12. He's been shooting a ton through this preseason, and it has not always gone that well, but I will take seven for 12 from Jackson. Um, only one for three from three, and he's struggling from beyond the arc, but... It's just preseason. He's got time. He's going to get better shots, especially when Booker comes back. Yeah, plus, like, I mean, his three-point shot, his percentages were rough last year, too. If he can just start to improve and show improvement, like, that's fine. Like, that, and that's what just has to happen. Just small incremental improvements. You don't need to make, like, crazy jumps. You don't, He doesn't need a 10% bump from where he was last season. Like, that's just insane. So, um, right. but, yeah, I think Josh, they kind of – Coco might have had him like, all right, well, when Booker's not out there, you are the, like, you need to, like, take up some of that slack. And I feel like that might have been a little bit of it because it, it was nice. It was really nice to see. And him and Aiden, it seemed like, had chemistry, you know, right off the bat. It helps that they played together in Summer League and, you know, training camp and all that stuff. But it's been, it was really nice to see. And the other big standout, TJ Warren in this one, Real efficient night. 16 points, 4 rebounds. He was 6 for 7 from the floor. And it's looking like 
yes, I once said that Brandon Knight could be considered for sixth man of the year. <laughs> but TJ Warren, if this team is successful and we're we're nearing a 500 record, I think that's going to be because TJ Warren comes in off the bench and just dominates bench units. He's a professional scorer. How many bench units have professional defenders? Yeah, that's a good point. Well, and what did TJ average last year? Like 20 points a game around there. If yeah. he can 19, uh, 19. Yeah. I don't like if he can continue to get close to that off the bench, that would be really cool. Um, he, there's been talk that he has improved his three point shot a little bit, but I don't know. I, I think this is going to be a great situation for TJ to have an opportunity to really just destroy second units. And luckily he's a guy who isn't, he doesn't demand the spotlight. It seems like he doesn't really even like the spotlight. He doesn't really like. Oh, he doesn't does like the spotlight. Yeah, he's he's a quiet guy. He doesn't <laughs> like. I, I'm sure it's not going to bother him to come off the bench. And he played 26 minutes tonight. He played more than three of the starters. You know, TJ is going to get his, and he's just got to take advantage of every minute that he's on the court. And I think that you know TJ is one of those guys, and. You know, there will be times where he goes quiet, and that's just because he's not asserting himself, but his stats always look like he has taken advantage, even if they're all bunched together, and then there's a stretch where, you know, nothing's really going on. TJ, if he can figure out how to play a little bit of that small ball four, those minutes are, he's going to play like 30 minutes a night, even off the bench. If he can, if he can do that a little bit, like, that's going to open him up a ton he doesn't need to go up against, you know, Blake Griffin and all this other stuff. But go up, if he can play just the small ball four and, like, just shore up that a bit, he's going to get a ton of minutes and he's going to do great. There's not going to be a small... There's not going to be a four or, like, even a guy like that that can guard him off the bench. Right. So, whatever role TJ Warren has put in this year, like, we've all talked about how he would be a good trade chip in this whole situation now after seeing like this is what he can do and coming off the bench he'll probably be one of the better guys in the league doing it i definitely want to keep him as the sixth man uh i mean even if you look down maybe next year we're a playoff team that's when you're going to really want a guy like tj warren coming off your bench yeah that's very weird to think about but um don't don't get your hopes up too high because i'm gonna i'm gonna bring them down right now Shaq Harrison looked awful in this game, and we'll talk more about the point guards later. But, I mean, he had one assist and six turnovers. Shaq Harrison can't get eight in the ball. Like, it's that's not going to work. This was very tough to watch. I mean, all these games have been tough to watch from the point guard standpoint. It feels like the post-entry pass is just is gone with the pass. That's part of the, like, Maybe. what has helped kill some of these, like, big man in general like all like obviously like defense and all that other stuff but like no one knows how to do like a like an entry pass at all and unfortunately like we knew this at summer league and it, even with that it was like well i like Shaq is still probably the best option even though like that we'll see but yeah it, it was not good and i don't think it's that surprising that the best guy getting eight in the ball was josh oh yeah and you like it seems like a lot of those turnovers by Shaq 
or him trying to throw like a, a lob pass while Aiton's at like the high post. And that's such a congested area, and that's not a good not a good angle at all to make the pass. I no matter where you're at on the court, it's gonna be tough to make that pass most of the time. And man, it, it just seems like that is a big chunk of those turnovers is that like that very pass i don't know i i get i got flashbacks to summer league when i saw that happen this preseason already yeah it's like it reminds me of you know 2k came out pretty recently and the my career mode a lot of people are playing point guard i'm playing point guard because i wanted to be on the suns um but when you're at when you're at like a 68 rating or 70 rating or so and you want to throw a bunch of lobs. I know I get really lob happy because Aiton's on the team, and a lot of them just sail out of bounds. I feel like that's kind of what Shaq is doing. <laughs> yeah, just smashing the pass button and hoping mm-hmm. something good comes out of it. That's fair. Okay, so I don't think I even mentioned the score of this game or the fact that we lost, but we did lose, <laughs> and the score was 106-102. to 102. And like, just you take a look at that box score, you notice that the Suns shot 3-for-22 from downtown. Yeah, there's some rust. It's the first game of the preseason, but that just did not look great. And it didn't get much better in the next two games either. Uh, the the game against the Blazers, I think we picked it up decently, but uh, that's that's just not there. And my one my the one guy who I'm looking at in this is Ryan Anderson. And the fact that what you are is a stretch four, and you're going to get... 90% of your buckets from three-pointer. No, I didn't look that up. That's made up. <laughs> I promise. But uh, right now, Anderson's one for nine from three so far through the preseason. And we need to be a better shooting team than last year. We were so poor from three-pointer last year. And we added guys. I know Ariza's shooting it well. But I'm just looking at Ryan Anderson thinking we need better production from three. Yeah, but we'll get it. It's It's been three games. Yeah, we're missing Devin yeah, Booker, too. I, I was going to say, I think when Book comes back, you know, there's that improves our passing a ton. Like, even though we've talked about on the show that maybe Book isn't necessarily, like, an amazing, like, playmaker and all that other stuff, he's still a good passer, and that's going to help our passing a ton. And, you know, Ryan, st- he's still adjusting like with his teammates and stuff and as a three-point shooting specialist basically like having your teammates know where to get you the ball so that way you can go up like perfectly and how you like it is a big part of that and him finding his spots within the offense to be like okay i i know that when book drives at this angle the defense is more than likely going to collapse here and i need to be in this spot for an easy yeah exactly right well and, and just recently, too, Anderson said, this team's going to look completely different with Booker on the court. And he's absolutely right. Oh, yeah. Like, potentially, like, 70 points. <laughs> <laughs> this week's episode is sponsored by SeatGeek. We all know that getting tickets online can be far too complicated. With hundreds of sites and varying levels of reliability, it's hard to know who to trust. That's why SeatGeek is the way to go. SeatGeek pulls millions of tickets into one place so you can easily find the seats you want for a price you're willing to pay. There's nothing quite like being at an event in person, and SeatGeek gets you closer to the action for a great value. SeatGeek is designed to make your ticket buying experience easier than ever. 
by searching multiple ticket sites and grading every ticket based on value, SeatGeek helps you immediately identify the best seats that fit your budget. Plus, every purchase is fully guaranteed, so you can shop for tickets on SeatGeek with confidence. I've used SeatGeek quite a few times. It's really easy. I've used it for basketball. I've used it for concerts. You can use it for comedy. Whatever you want to do, whatever you need to get tickets for, SeatGeek is the way to go. So here's what you do. Download the SeatGeek app and enter the promo code SUNSFANS. That's S-U-N-S-F-A-N-S. And you'll get $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. Promo code SUNSFANS. $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. The regular season is right around the corner. I know Suns fans are going to be looking to get some tickets to these upcoming games. Use the promo code Suns fans and get $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. Okay, we'll move it on to the Breakers game. This one brought to you by Fox Sports Arizona. Thanks for the stream, boys. But uh I don't really know what to say about this game. It's so tough to judge players when the competition level is a little bit lower. They had one guy that was balling, their shooting guard, Webster or something. He was he had a great game, but uh, the thing that was so troubling about this game is we looked like we had a good handle on it for most of it, but it gets to the fourth quarter. We're outscored by 10 points. We don't know what to do, it looks like. Lots of turnovers going on, but... They made that game pretty close in the end. I would have liked to see, uh, you know, like we're playing some team from New Zealand. Let's win by at least 20, please. Yep, we and we had it. And then here's what happened. Dragon Bender came in at the end of the game. <laughs> <laughs> Zero points, one block, one turnover, three fouls, minus 12. What? Like, Bender has to be better. That, that was like so disheartening to see that just like see the game fall apart in his hands it really did happen that way didn't it it's yeah it's so tough uh he didn't really show up against the kings and then in this game he nearly dribbles the wind down his leg and then luckily against the the blazers in the last game of the week he he had a nice little spurt and he kind of gave some guys some hope but Man, I can see his minutes just just going away because if you look at look at Rashawn Holmes' numbers, look at the limited minutes he's been getting, but look at the output. And in this one he had five and eight and three blocks in fourteen minutes. Like that like him being just a beast, an athletic beast who can who can out muscle and out jump guys, that might be something that we need compared to the services of Dragon Bender. Maybe even Tyson Chandler, too. Like, we're going to have to see how that plays out for sure. But Holmes looking pretty good. He has. I, I like what Holmes can do. Yeah. I mean, I don't think you you can really complain that much about an energy guy off the bench. Like, that's what Rashawn basically is. And you want someone like that, especially if they can produce. And that's what he does. So I don't think, I don't think any team can complain about a guy like Holmes. I know... You know, maybe not the best basketball IQ, like all that. And there, there's going to be some frustration there. But, like, a guy that can go in there and just make hustle plays and do it not terribly, you're going to always want that on your team. Like, off the bench, that's perfect for a big. This is another one, too, that's a little bit scary with that three-point shooting. Against a team from New Zealand, 7 for 31, 22.6%. 
I would like to see that be at least 30 against an international team, especially. You know, Aiton had a great game in this one, obviously, as well, too. And he had three assists in this game. But I'd like to go back and see how many blown assists there were because, like, they couldn't stop him. And we were feeding him. They were obviously all collapsing on him. I bet there were quite a few missed uh, DeAndre Ayton assists in that game. Probably. Uh, another guy who stood out in this one was TJ Warren again. Didn't do a ton from the field, but he got to the line for 12 free throws. Made 9 out of 12. Great to see him get into the bucket, no matter the competition. Like Just him getting there. He's going to either finish or get fouled. I love it. But I, I want TJ to be careful in the preseason because he's kind of fragile. And getting fouled six times or whatever that that's too much yeah that it can be scary um i feel like tj warren is one of those guys who like off the court just is like clumsy (laughs) he's got like two left feet like i can't imagine him as a good dancer or anything like that guy hits his head more than anyone i know (laughs) yes it's 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 scary you guys aren't around me enough to know like how much i hit my head but T.J. Warren reminds me of me. Like, if I was a basketball player, like, <laughs> I'd have a concussion every other week. Because, like, I slammed my oh head, my like, gosh. walking out of the locker room or, like, on a door, like, something. <laughs> like, that's, I'm the T.J. Warren of the real life world, and, like, I understand, but please be careful, T.J. Like, maybe you walk around with, like, one of those, like, wrestling things, you know, so you don't get your ears torn off. Like, maybe that would help. <laughs> So, like, me and TJ share a charisma rating, and then you and TJ share a injury yeah, rating? I, I think so. I think that's pretty accurate. <laughs> Mitch, I hope you get buckets, then. If that, yeah, let's go with what that. That's it's got to be. Let's go right? with that. <laughs> um, but speaking of injuries, Mikhail Bridges injured his left elbow, and he will be out for the rest of the preseason. And... I don't remember if it was like specifically in this game or if it was in a practice or something, but just want to take note of that. And Bridges really, he, he had two points in this game, and in the game against the Kings, he didn't have any points. He made one shot all preseason. I don't, I'm not really that worried. He didn't play a ton, but yeah, he hurt his elbow, so that's like he'll be ready for the regular season now. Right, and last week on the pod, I said that he had the he was one of the guys with the most to prove on the team during the preseason, and I thought about that, and then realized like, not every rookie gets thrown into a starting lineup and plays thirty minutes per game like we've seen with the Suns lately. So, I kind of take that back. I'd like to see him come along nice and nice and slow, and just uh, yeah, he's a little bit older than a lot of rookies are, but we have time. Yeah, I I want him to, you know, be healthy and be able to get put in along. I would like him to I lo- I would like for him to be looked at a little bit more when he's in the lineups and you know, be told kind of just just play smart but also don't be afraid to kind of just put it up there. He ha- he kind of was a slow burn in college, so I wouldn't be surprised, you know, if like he like well, even though he is older and he has a higher floor, I wouldn't be surprised, you know, if this his first NBA season is a little bit of a slow burn, too. It wouldn't surprise me that much at all. Right, and like we've said before, with all those minutes and all those wings, we don't know how those will pan out this year, so we'll learn how many minutes per game Bridges ends up getting. But We'll get a lot uh, better of a look at him towards the end of the season, I think. I If, like... 
if it is that slow burn and because of all these wings and stuff, I think by mid-season we will be able we'll start seeing more of Mikel and see what he can do and see that floor. Right. Ariz is getting older. He'll need some nights off. He'll probably need some lower minute type games here and there. Uh, you can count on TJ Warren bonking his head once or twice, missing a game or two. So the opportunities will come for sure. Okay, let's move it on to the Blazers game. This one, the Suns lost. It, it was a little ugly at points, uh, 115-93. to I think it looked a lot worse than that at a few points. But um, let's talk. Let's first talk about Josh Jackson. We've talked about him quite a bit tonight. But uh, 4 for 19 from the floor in this one. Just There's been a lot of highs and lows for Jackson so far through the preseason. So... Right now, he's averaging over five assists per game. That's awesome. But he's averaging five turnovers per game, too. And then he's averaging a steal and a block per game. He's playing great defense, but he's averaging over five fouls per game. So he's playing hard, obviously. He's getting his chances. And with Booker out, that's what he needs to do. But are you are you guys a little worried about these peaks and valleys that we have going on no I, I i'm just gonna say no like he's gonna be aggressive on defense and that's gonna cause him to get fouls that that's understandable like i i get it i would rather him still be aggressive they are calling a lot more on grabs this preseason that was one of the points of emphasis so even i mean like it helps a guy like deandre it hurts a guy like josh because, you know, DeAndre, he's going to get fouls called a ton right now because that's a point of emphasis. And so any grab, all of a sudden, DeAndre's at the line. Unfortunately, that hurts Josh, but that'll get laxed up a bit. And, you know, he will learn the rules, but also just in general, these points of emphasis get laxed up a ton during the season. I think it's fine. I want him to stay aggressive because him at, when he's being aggressive, he's at his best. The turnovers are a little rough, but... We are asking him to do a ton of playmaking and trying to push him along there. I would expect turnovers, honestly. Like, it's just going to happen with a guy that is still working on that aspect of his game. Plus, it's the preseason. He'll have him during the regular and season, too, but... The preseason? Yep. Preseason, the best time to learn. Throw yes. him into the fire and see what happens. Yep. And I it's, think, yeah. It's preseason for the refs, too. Like... Even without this point of emphasis, they are going to be calling extra things. It happens in every sport. Like, think about NFL preseason. You always see, like, twice as many flags because they call every little tiny thing. Then they do it in basketball, too. They, you know, just to, to get ready for the season, and they're looking with a really close eye. So that always happens. I mean, even this game, there were so many travels called. But I'm like, that does not get called in the regular season, I guarantee. Yeah. So, I mean, that's part of it. I think another part of it is there were times where Jackson was the best player on the floor. And he was, like, called upon to take late in the shot clock shots. Which, not a ton, but, like, that adds to his dismal field goal percentage. And his 0 for 7 three-point shooting. But, like, in the regular season, I just don't see him even taking no. a lot of those shots. I think right now he's just got the green light. Like, be super aggressive. Do whatever you want in the preseason. And then he'll rein it in a little bit in the regular season and adding Booker. Yeah, he had that green light in Summer League, too. Oh, yeah. I mean, 
Like, he pretty much right, was just yep. told to go out there and, like, you know, trial by fire, basically. And I, th- I think that's a lot here, too. When Booker comes back, that's going to change a lot. I think that we'll see a lot more of Josh getting... Like, he'll be doing playmaking, but he'll get a lot of his scoring off of assists. And, like, cuts and that kind of stuff. Absolutely. For sure. Uh, let's talk about a couple guys who we've mentioned who had been having some pretty rough preseasons who had pretty nice games here. We'll start with Ryan Anderson. And he, you know, we're not talking huge numbers here, but seven points, seven rebounds, and two assists. Uh, seven rebounds was the second most on the team, which is what I absolutely expect out of my starting power forward, so that's good. And uh, I think he got to the line quite a few times in this one. Yeah, he only yeah, made five, one five field for five. Goal. Yeah. Five for five from the line. So even though the three-pointer hasn't been working, it was nice to see him do some other things to get involved and get some points. Yeah, I know we talked about it last week, but Anderson was saying he was excited to be able to rebound again because in Houston they didn't want him doing it at all. And he knows he's a decent rebounder, and we saw that in this game. Having seven is nice. And when when your other big man has 14 I mean, DeAndre Ayton is just like a beast on the glass. Um, it, it's nice when those two guys combine for 21 rebounds. Yeah, and like, I think that, like, there's this whole, like, rebounding thing right now and how, like, coaches are realizing that you, they want you to, like, kind of not try and, like, offensive rebound and just get back on defense and stuff. So there's that. But, like, I think Ryan Anderson is going to have a lot of potential potential to get some of these rebounds and you know if his shot's not falling if he can affect other aspects of the game then you know he's fine the problem with dragon bender is that well if he if his three-pointer is not falling then he's not doing anything else like he's not really playmaking he's not really like going hard for rebounds he's not like blocking shots and stuff there's not really a whole lot else there if ryan anderson if his shot's not falling but he's still fighting for rebounds at least he's like doing like something important out there and not just standing there Right, but we should talk about Bender, because in this game, he had 10 points and 5 rebounds and an assist in 16 minutes, and he shot 5 for 7 from the free throw line, so he was being a little bit more aggressive, and like, if Bender can give us 10 and 5 consistently, that would be incredible. I would be overjoyed if he could do that this season. He probably won't, and it's really disappointing that that's what we're hoping for from our number 4 overall pick now, but... Like, just do that. It, it was not that hard. It was that hard. <laughs> you know, it's really nice. It's I, Him getting to the free throw line is just a little sign of something I'd love to see. But, like, it was great, but this was in garbage time of a preseason game, and right. it's still nothing to get excited about. Right. Like, do that in... Go play that hard for 10 minutes in the second quarter of a regular season game. And, like... John Lure it up. Yeah. Yes. yes. Go dunk on Boogie. John Lure had, like, random games, like, that season he was with us in, like, the second quarter where he would be, like, the only guy that scored. And he'd be, yeah. like, perfect from the field and have, like, 15 points. And that's all he would do the entire night. And that was it. For, like, 10, 15 points. That was it. But, like... <laughs> Do that. If Bender did that, I'd be like, hey, something. Right. That was a really fun seven minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like it's great to know that even in preseason, Bender will have that one game out of seventeen where it's like, oh hey, there's something there. 
Right. He's not completely worthless. Yeah. Oh, and Bender. then the next 17 are wor- the worst. <laughs> Bender put up eight points on Quincy Acey. <laughs> that yeah. would be that'd be we nice. We need to make we need to make like a dragon bender alert or like a dragon <laughs> bender sighting alert, or like an air horn, like you know our style. Oh yeah. We need to get that so every game he has a good one. We just put that little clip in there to let so, everybody know. So once every other month, we're gonna have a dragon bender sighting where he finally plays a game and shows potential, and then you yeah. know it'll be put away for another two months. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be worth it. <laughs> We're doing it. We're doing it. Maybe not for this episode, but next time Dragon Bender has a big game in like in December, December. in December, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> against the Nets or whatever, against Kenneth Fareed. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we got to talk about this now. The point guard situation, and in this game. We knew that Shaq Harrison was sitting it out, and we'd be seeing Okobo and Cannon take a majority of the minutes. So I'm still unclear on what happened, but Okobo started the game, only played eight minutes. Don't know why that happened. But then we had Isaiah Cannon play 32 minutes, and we were definitely outscored by a few points while that was going on. Cannon, I don't know if this was his big shot, his big push to make the roster, or maybe audition him for a team who needs a third point guard. I don't even know what was going on, but lots of minutes from Cannon, lots of poor minutes. And then we have a third point guard enter the game. We had Melton come in, and he put up 10 points in eight minutes. So he looked solid. But let's let's just uh, – I, I don't even – But here's, here's the difference. Look at this. So plus minus can be a deceiving stat. If you've listened to the show, you we've explained this before. But – it is helpful in a situation like this. Paisaia was minus 19, and Melton was minus 1. And so, <laughs> Melton, 8 minutes. <laughs> it's different, you know, as, as compared to Cannon's 32. But, like, Melton scored 10 points in those 8 minutes and looked long and athletic and, like, a good defender. And Cannon can't do that. Yeah, I mean, when you think of... Of like long and athletic. Unfortunately, you don't think of six foot tall Isaiah Cannon, because you know, like he was, he's kind of athletic, and that's fine. But uh, nowhere near. That, that's very gracious. Course. Well, you're right. I mean, you're totally right. I'm just like, I'm still a little bit on the Isaiah Cannon as an average backup point guard. So whatever. Uh, even though he's not. Uh. So uh. Yeah, like, obviously Shaq and Melton are just way <laughs> better as, um, you know, being athletic, being able to switch, all that kind of stuff. The fact that Isaiah Cannon played 32 minutes is kind of ridiculous. But, uh, you know, what can you do? I can see splitting up point guard minutes between a guy like Shaq or Melton, like a hardcore defender, and and then you have the average point guard and then you mash those two together in the game, and hopefully you get through the 48 minutes. But, like, I don't think Cannon's even deserving of those, of that role at this point. I, I think rolling the dice with Okobo is that potential playmaker. I'd rather see us do that than let Isaiah Cannon run any sort of minutes during the regular right. season. Right, and I'm I'm confused on why Okobo only played eight minutes. Like, he didn't look that great in eight minutes, but like he didn't—he didn't get the chance to really do anything. 
So I, I'm just confused on what even happened like, there. I feel that way. Like we kind of got gypped out of seeing him at summer league. We didn't really get a good chance. He got poked in the eye, so he, so we didn't get a good look at him. And it feels the same way for Bridges too. Yeah. It's like what are like what are these guys that we just drafted? We we know what Aiton's doing, but these other guys we we don't really know yet. And it seems like in the past years we knew exactly what we were getting out of these guys. Right. Well, and Kokoshkov is trying to evaluate who's going to start at point guard. How are you going to evaluate when one of your options is playing 8 minutes? I mean, there's still feel, two games to go, but I feel like he already knows and the reason that we played Isaiah Cannon 32 minutes is because he already knows and he just was like... I don't think he does because he said that he's going to be rotating guys and in the last two games, Melton's going to get his chance to start. Like, yeah. And, like, I, but I think he has an idea. Let, let me rephrase that. I think he has an idea. Maybe he doesn't necessarily 100% know, but I think he has an idea of what he's going to do. And, unfortunately, it's probably going to be Shaq. Well, hey, let's do this then. Let's finish up with this segment. We're putting ourselves in Coach Igor's shoes, and we're going to pick a point guard for opening night. Um, David, confirm. Yeah, 100%. I've been saying it since the Brandon Knight trade happened. It's Shaq. Shaq's our starting point guard. He has the most NBA experience. He will not be our starting point guard at the end of the season or even maybe midway through the season. But to start opening night and for the first month or so probably – at least. He's our starting point guard. He turned it on at the end of last season. He's looked a little rough, but, you know, he's an undrafted point guard. He has the best defense right now. Maybe the worst offense, but, you know, he can make it manage, and that defense will help when Booker and Ryan Anderson are in your starting lineup. So, I just... I, I'm standing by it. I 100% believe that Shaq Harrison is our starting point guard. How about you, Mitch? Uh, if I was Coach Kokoshkov, I would start Melton. Um, Melton is much better offensively than Shaq. Well, everyone is. Um, and I think with his length and athleticism, he is comparable to Shaq on defense. And what we've seen of Melton thus far in very limited minutes, I've been encouraged by, and I can't say that about anyone else. I think Cannon will probably still get cut. But, yeah, I would go with Melton. But, well, well, we got to see, though, in these last two preseason games, he's supposedly going to get a lot more playing time. So that will be telling as well. Yeah, I really need to see that because definitely the small m- number of minutes he's played, he's looked pretty solid in those. And, I mean, it's worth a shot. But if I'm Coach Coco, I'm, I'm starting Shaq game one because, one, we know what we're getting. Two, aside from Cannon, he has the most experience. Uh, we've seen what he could, like, we can have him guard Russell Westbrook and maybe kind of contain Russell Westbrook in the tiniest sense of containing, but... He's not going to drop 45 on us if he's if we're guarding right. Russell Westbrook. Yeah, or if he does, it's going to be the hardest 45 he's ever put up in his life because Shaq's going to bring that every night. And bring that every night play the defense, take care of the ball, don't be throwing those crazy inbound inlet passes or whatever, trying to get it to eight, and I don't want to see those crazy passes. And play within yourself on offense, too. We don't need jumpers. If you're open in the corner, you can take that three, 
But if you're shooting it, it better be within three feet of the rim because you just drove to the hoop. I honestly don't even think that... Uh, I I don't think that he will be the one that's doing those entry passes to Eaton as much. I think it's going to be Book. I think, you know, Book's probably ready or will be ready. And I think it's going to be Book. I think if Shaq, when Shaq's passing it, it's either going to be to Ariza, Ryan, or book and then well i mean if if it's there you gotta make the pass well yeah i mean like not like having to do these ones and having to do these other like it's gonna be a lot more open and he's not gonna have to do as much like lo- like trying to lob it in and all that nonsense like it's gonna be mo- he's gonna be mostly passing to book i think here's the other thing though i'm not completely convinced we're not gonna start booker and then jackson if it yeah if we go booker jackson Ariza, Anderson, and Aiton. I would not... I, I don't think that's necessarily going to happen, but I wouldn't be super surprised if we saw that. Josh did match yeah. up against Dennis Smith Jr. in the in Summer League and was fine. I, you know, if, if Josh is guarding ones to start the season, I'm not necessarily against that either. Yeah, yeah and now that you say that, unless in these last two preseason games someone really turns it on... I can definitely see Booker. That might be the way to say, go. But... You know what? None of you guys like. Yeah, we should probably start a point guard, but you guys don't. You don't deserve it. So right, you're coming off the and bench. And that's Kakashkov is a. He's one of those coaches that would totally do that. I feel. Oh yeah, I, that wouldn't surprise me at all. Well, not to mention a team that should not be named on this podcast, but uh, a slender boy called Brandon Ingram started at point guard, and obviously he's a better playmaker than Josh, but like. A guy like that and that style of play can start as long as he has another playmaker to help him out. And obviously, you know, our other playmaker isn't LeBron James, but still. Like, I, I think that, like, starting Josh at the one may not be the worst idea. And it might be probably better than starting any of the other guys. I'm still saying Shaq, but, like, I would... I would not be surprised and I would not be like disappointed to see Josh basically being the one in quotes. On would defense. you rather start Isaiah Cannon or Point Bender? <laughs> Probably Isaiah Cannon. <laughs> <laughs> well, on that note, it's time to move into our non-sports segment. Uh, we had a suggestion from a fan, I believe, uh, who asked, what is the dumbest way you've ever been injured? So I think let's start with David on this because he's got a lot of options apparently. Yes, I do, and uh, that twenty-five injury rating. <laughs> you know, I'm gonna tell you guys about the time that I broke my wrist while walking. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so in the same day, paint the picture. This is the same day this happened. So either one of these times it could have happened. It could have been a combination of the two. I'm walking outside, and you know I've got one of those like the cd the portable cd players it's not the walkman but like you know portable cd player i'm you know sixth grade whatever i'm walking and i'm kind of walking between the like grass and like our little like sidewalk and i try to walk move off the grass onto the sidewalk and trip over my own feet and just totally eat it catch myself with my wrist i was like oh that hurt just went you know if you catch yourself with your wrist you can imagine it 
just falling all my weight on my wrist. I was a fat kid, so it was pretty rough. Like not like, <laughs> not even an hour later, I we the gr- the garage at my house and the house like they it was against the ground, but then the house was elevated up for like flooding and that kind of stuff. And so we had some steps that w- went alongside the wall. The house was still rather new to us. We just recently moved. And um, I wasn't paying attention, still trying to listen to music, and uh, walked off the steps because there wasn't, a, like, anything. And I just walked off, and it was, like, a three-foot drop, and I landed on my wrist. And uh, I, I broke the cartilage in my wrist. If I wouldn't have gotten it checked out, they said that uh, I could have, like, cut off the blood supply to my hand. And, like, uh, yeah, so I walked around with... They couldn't do anything about it, so I just had, like, a brace and all this stuff for a couple of weeks until it, it was, like, able to heal. But, uh, yeah. Okay, I have two that are both pretty silly. Uh, do you guys want the Frisbee or the UFO? Uh, I think we have to go UFO. Yeah. Okay, UFO. So, I'm in my basement, and my wife is on the main floor. And she's looking outside. I, th- I was playing video games. I was just chilling downstairs. And all of a sudden, my lovely, beautiful, sweet wife starts losing her... <laughs> Sorry that you <laughs> have to bleep that. She starts losing it. Oh, my God. Just freaking out. I'm not going to attempt to recreate it. So she's she's like, you need to come up here right now. You need to come look at this. There's a UFO. There's a UFO. Like, she's freaking out. My dog runs upstairs. He's freaking out. I was like, oh, God. And, like, she's screaming to the point where, like, this, it's, like, urgent sounding. Even though I know it's, like, there's not a UFO there. But she sounds so urgent. I hurry upstairs. So I get up one step. And then as I'm going to hit the second step, I don't know if it was some, like, weird adrenaline boost or something. But I kicked the step with my big toe like probably harder than I've kicked anything in my life. It's like 60 yard field goal worthy kick. <laughs> and so I it just square on my toe and I yeah I yelped like I literally yelped. It hurts so bad and I like hobble upstairs and I'm like yeah that's a drone <laughs> and then I was so mad. <laughs> I was so mad. And then I looked down at my toe and my toenail is completely like it's connected by maybe half of a centimeter of toenail it's like broken right in half and my toe is like turning a black red and purple that i've never seen like it was a brute like some sort of bruise that i've never seen in my life but it was like the most painful and obviously like the dumbest way i've ever hurt myself all right, that's a that's a pretty yeah. good one. Okay, yeah. I I've got a couple dumb ones as well, but I'll I'll give you guys options and you can choose which one you want to hear. Okay, scar on my nose, scar on my long scar on my finger, or the reason why I'm missing a chunk of my ear. Ear. The ear. ear. Okay, I was <laughs> in eighth grade and I went to a very very small school. And our gym was tiny. It was not like regulation size at all. It was very small. And it was falling apart. Chunks of the ceiling used to fall off. 
yeah, it was it was rough. So eighth grade, we're playing kickball, and it was winter in Wyoming, so we couldn't go outside. We were playing kickball in our tiny gym, and we would use for for the bases we would use these thick gymnastics mats and we would play a version of kickball that had six bases terrible idea in a tiny gym so i'm up to kick and i kick the ball pretty hard and i get on base i get on first base it's a small gym so when you hit it hard it would just bounce off the wall and go back to like someone so i get on first base someone else comes up and kicks it into this like hallway that was off the side into like the kitchen area because our gym was also our cafeteria and the ball got stuck in that area so i decided i was gonna sprint all the way around the bases and score so i did i got there in plenty of time but i took like a little bit too long of a stride and (laughs) i tripped over the home mat and it was in front of a stairwell that led to like the outside area and i just went flying into these stairs luckily i turned my head to the left so my right ear landed right on a stair and i just got up and kept going and i didn't notice i like i didn't think anything of it like it hurt but um i I just kept going and it was fine that was toward the end of the class so we we go back it was the end of the day We're, we're in the bathroom changing our clothes and I touch my ear and it's all wet and I feel there's a bunch of blood and I like I pull on my ear and like there's this chunk that like came off and to this day my right ear is like missing a big chunk because of that and it like hit me right then like if I didn't turn my head I probably would have like broke my nose or something so I kind of lucked out but yeah my right ear is like malformed now because of that (laughs) I'm going to need to see that. I need, yeah, a, I need a nice look at that. You can that tell because ear. my left ear has a point on it, and my right ear used to have wow. it, but it doesn't anymore. So you're, you were an elf, <laughs> That's and then intense. you lost it. Now it's only half elf. <laughs> half, half elven. Yep. What's the other half? Half elf warlock. Human, hopefully. Hopefully. All right, guys. Thank you for listening this week. Check us out on social media at Sunny and PHX Pod. We appreciate you guys listening. Tune in again next week and go, Suns. <laughs>